You're listening to Nick Luck Daily. This edition is brought to you by Fitzdares, by the Racehorse Owners Association, and by the Breeders' Cup. Good morning, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for listening again. It's Thursday, the 29th of September. I'm coming to you this morning from Terminal 5 at Heathrow Airport, having just landed from Dublin, where I was covering the the golf sale. And uh, I'm not hanging around long because once I publish this, I am on a flight to to New York for uh, Belmont at the Big A and all the important races leading up to the Breeders' Cup over the weekend. And, And life is good's appearance in the Woodward Stakes, looking forward to very much. But clearly, the main attraction this weekend is what's happening in Paris at Paris Longchamp. The 2022 running of the Qatar Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe. You heard all the controversy yesterday about Very Elegant not being declared because she wouldn't make the cut. And you heard Francois, uh, Francis Graffard's very eloquent um, assessment of the situation. There's been more fallout from that this morning. Uh, confirmed she won't be running. Confirmed La Parisienne isn't going to be running. But it's a full field of 20. Please to welcome back to the podcast on this uh, sunny morning here in, uh, in West London, uh, David Yates. From the Daily Mirror, who's been in Italy for a little while, but good to have you back. You'll be in France at the weekend, David, for a race that I know is very close to your heart. Um, how do you see it shaking down with moments to go before the draw? Well, I'm very excited about uh, this year's Prix de stream. We don't have the Derby winner in Desert Crown, and we don't have Baid, of course, but we've got a fascinating race with a, an open betting look to it. Uh, Luxembourg, of course, who is the favourite in Britain, just that one defeat uh, when beaten in the Guineas and, and has has powered back after missing the summer with a muscle injury. Alpin Easter, of course, for Sir Mark Prescott. Torquata Tasso, last year's victor. Westover, Onesto and title holder, of course, uh, bidding to become the first winner for Japan. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it, Nick. It's, it, it's a, a race that we always... In the, I, I always describe as Europe's middle distance championship. And whilst this year maybe Baid might have something to say about that as a as a ten furlong horse rounding off his co- career at Ascot in the Champion Stakes, it's it's a, a race that has great appeal as it does every year. The race is where you do get keyed up in the pit of your stomach in the minutes that lead up to it, and you feel a tension about what you're about to watch. And it's not, it's, it's not. There's no financial involvement or anything like that. But you know that what you're about to see is of in the the world that we uh, that we work in and that that we love. You're about to see something that is of of considerable importance don't miss this because this is because what's about to happen matters and it matters as much with a race like the Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe as it does with any other race that I watched during the the 365 days of the year well what a race it looks in prospect the 2022 Prix de l'Arc de Triomphe and could it be back-to-back wins for Torquato Tasso and back-to-back wins for Germany. You'll remember, Julia Romick, I think it was 12 months ago to the day, Julia, we, we first spoke on this podcast a few days before you won the Arc de Triomphe with Torquato Tasso. And I think that 
I think you were the only person, together with uh, with Marcel Weiss, who who really believed in in this horse going into last year's race. How strong is your belief this time round? Um, after a very good work uh, on uh, on Tuesday morning with his jockey on his back, uh, we are we still believe in him. Um, we we know this is really difficult um, this time as well with 20 horses in this race um, to find a good place to have a good uh, race without uh, any uh, traffic problems but um, our horse is in top form he has uh, uh, shown a few times that he's able to 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 win against the best horses in the world so we are very um, pleased with him and and we we believe in him still like last year I, i'm i'm sort of intrigued by the way you've trained him obviously you've trained him with this race in mind that goes without saying but how do you read the 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 little peaks and troughs of the season and his his cycle of form talk to me about it from from your perspective as to how he's gone through the year yeah. yes um we know him very well so um, um before his first race um he wasn't really confident because we 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 doesn't have so much really good horses in the stable and uh, he always worked very well but with bad horses uh, you always work very well so um we 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 knew before that he will need this race um absolutely like every year we can't um get him fit for the first time time out uh, every year and then um we saw after the race in baden-baden we saw that he's nearly like the year before and in, in, in good condition every week better and better looking great more and more and so we were still confident and um but before Esket he works very well so um on a on a on a ground um which nobody said uh, which everybody said to us oh, it's not for it's not perfect for him but he 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 was uh, uh, shown us that uh, that wouldn't be a problem for him as well so um he runs a very good race in Esket and uh, Baden-Baden yes we saw the the starting list and we 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 knew that could be very difficult a race without any pace of not for us and and um, the trainer always said that he's better uh, right way than left hand so not perfect for us but it wasn't the plan the trainer wants to to keep his plans and um yes we we, we just could uh, uh, lose this day we couldn't win because when he would re win the race in baden everybody said okay he has to win he's the best horse in the race but when you lose then <laughs> it's always hard four weeks before the arc yeah, of course but now everything's perfect horse took his race really good and uh, even the jockey was very happy with him on Tuesday. That's going to be a big angle, of course. Frankie Dottori riding in in the arc again. He's he's ridden in in thirty odd arcs, and uh, you know this might be one of his last ones. Uh, how how important was it for you to, to secure his services when you knew that Rene Pichelek would be would be required to, to ride Mendocino? Absolutely, because um, this horse, um, he's a bit special and, and you really have to know him. We, um, Everybody saw when he rode him the first time in Baden, um, it was not an advantage that he was sitting on first time. And um, when he comes here on Tuesday, 
um, and he never uh, um, was in doubt. He always said, uh, yeah, no problem, I come directly, I ride him in the morning, no problem. And uh, we were very pleased to hear that, so we, we know that, that um, he, he respects our horse and, and, and he knows he has the right chance in the arc with his horse. So, um, it was very important when he came back from the from the track first thing he said was now i know why it would be so important for you that i come here to ride the sauce mm. and um he, that gives everybody a lot of confidence and, and you talk about the ground it doesn't look as though the ground is going to be quite as soft as it was as it was last year but as you say he's proven that he can go on a sounder surface at at ascot are you pleased to see a lot of runners because the pace will be strong? Is is that something that that is is an advantage for you? Yeah, of course, that is an absolutely advantage for us. Um, otherwise, you have to think about all the problems uh, with the traffic now. But um, a, a, a real pace, a real uh, a good uh, running race uh, is most important for him. Absolutely. Uh, and um, the ground would be perfect for him as well. He worked on Tuesday. He worked on a ground um, similar like that. And it was brilliant. Uh, Julia, I'd, I'd love to know from you how how much more profile this has given you and the stable since his win in the art. What it's done for you and what it's done for German racing as a whole. Um, first of all, a lot of attention from from all over the world. That's we really we are not. Um, um, we don't know how to play on this stage. Normally, it's not our stage, the big stage. So um, we were a bit surprised. Um, a lot of people called us to visit the horse, to to visit the stable. We had a lot of attention from from all over the world, from newspapers, from television and radios, and and yeah, we 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 enjoyed as much as possible. <laughs> And you and you have to enjoy it when 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 it's going as as well as it is. Uh, is it is it definite that this will be his final race, or is there a possibility of going to to Japan or elsewhere? Yes, um, that is a possibility. We will see um, how the the horse is when he's coming back from from Paris, and um, even the the results. So um, I think when he would really win. His second arc, he wouldn't go to uh, to Japan, but um, the owners and the trainers they will find the right decision at the right time. Wishing it's, it's really it, it is possible, yes. Wishing you the very best, Julia. Thanks so much for your time this morning. Thanks, Nick. Was a pleasure. Julia Rummick there, who's been a huge part of the training of um, Torquato Tasso, who who's a, a trainer is Marcel Weiss, but Julia is, is very much alongside him every step of the way and she's been a brilliant communicator as well and it was great to have her on the podcast a year ago Torquato Tasso has won the race he became the third German winner of the race last year following Star Appeal in the 1970s and then Dane Dream a brilliant uh, mayor in 2011 if he were to win this time he would make uh, Frankie de Tori a seven-time winner of the arc he already holds the record with six he's ridden as I say in in 30 odd arcs which is just just ast astonishing uh, and Torquato Tasso would join a, a, an incredible list of horses to have won the race twice. Zar, Motrico, Corrida, Tontiem, and then in the modern era, Rebo, Alleged, and the two great mayors, Treve and Enable. Uh, Dave, you listened to some ARC press calls yesterday and picked up a few other bits and pieces. There were a couple of uh, France Gallo calls yesterday, and 
Aidan O'Brien was first up. Um, he he didn't say much that 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 would surprise us really. I, I, I think the interesting thing, and this is something that actually we didn't, I, I regret not covering yesterday with uh, the trainer, was that he said on the back of the Royal Whip Stakes that there would be twenty to thirty percent improvement uh, going from the car of the Royal Whip to the Irish Champion at Leopardstown, and it, the the horse bore that out, didn't he? By by winning a second Group One um, in the Irish Champion, uh, I, I wish I'd asked Aidan to put another figure on it because for 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 non horsey people like myself. That's that's those are figures that are quite difficult to comprehend. But I, I think that within Ballydoyle, they feel that because of the relative rush to get Luxembourg back for the Royal Whip Stakes and then on to Leopardstown for the Irish champion, that they feel that there still is more to come. We also had uh, the connections of title holder up to. And I think that the main question mark with this horse has been how he's going to cope with softer ground at Paris Longchamp on Saturday. And most of title holders form, when you, you look at the database, you'll see that it's it's good to firm, firm ground. Um, Kazuo Yokoyama, the jockey, was riding title holder when he worked uh, yesterday in France, yesterday morning, and said the ground was very soft, but my horse didn't have any problems going through it. And I have a very good idea now how he is going to be in this race. So the jockey, at least, is convinced that uh, a softer playing surface in Paris this Sunday won't be to the detriment of title holder as he bids to end that uh, that. Well, it's a it's a, a a run of frustration, isn't it, for those heroic defeats by uh, Japanese trained horses in the arc. No one will forget El Condor Passa being overhauled by Monjo in 1999, or indeed Orfevre just being caught late on in the mud by Salimia in 2012. We also got Deep Impact, who didn't shine behind Rail Link 2006. Nakayama Festa, of course, was narrowly beaten by Workforce in 2010, and Orfevre was second to Treve uh, 12 months after his defeat by Salimia. So um, it'll be quite a moment when it finally arrives for uh, the Japanese contingent in the arc. And the jockey thinks that the ground, at least this weekend, won't stand in title holders' way. Four Japanese runners in the arc. I'm, I'm intrigued by a couple of the human stories of some of the others as well. Christophe Lemaire, who's had such an amazing career in Japan and before that in France, hasn't won the arc. It would mean an awful lot to him to do it on the a stout stay, stay foolish. And, and the other horse that I would... I would look at quite closely as Doe Juice. It would be quite something, wouldn't it, if Yutaka Taki were to win the arc 29 years after he was carpeted for his ride aboard the favourite white muzzle, Dave? Indeed, yeah. There were, I mean, I'll, I'll never forget uh, white muzzle uh, ringing Peter Chappelheim in the um, in the aftermath of, of that race. And th- there were things, I suppose, said that day in the in the racing press that that you you couldn't and wouldn't write uh these days but yes after that narrow defeat by urban sea who of course uh then went on to become the mother of sea the stars and galileo um it, yes it, he will feel that there is a a record to put straight here he's he's been arguably the the, the biggest single name the in, in the international weighing room 
over the last 20 to 30 years. Frankie Dottori might have something to say about that, but Yutaka Take has had an absolutely phenomenal career and it would be, again, an incredible human interest story if he to win this, were he to win this race. Uh, Dojuice was beaten in the pre-Niel and uh, the jockey said yesterday that he felt that that defeat was just down to the uh, the distance uh, of a hundred, the time of 105 days uh what's that, 15 weeks uh, between his victory in the Japanese derby and reappearing at Longchamp in the ARC trial. So again, we'll see how that turns out. It, it's worth pointing out that uh, Dodeuse, that that defeat came on rain-softened ground in Paris too. So uh, we'll see whether he can cope with the playing surface. But if he does, again, as you say, that would be an incredible story after that very high profile and what must have been extremely painful defeat aboard white muzzle in 1993. Well, one trainer who'll be hoping for a Group 1 double on Saturday, perhaps either side of the channel, is Huey Morrison. Mrs Fitzherbert in the Sun Chariot stakes Quickthorn in the Prix de Cadran uh, Longchamp. Huey, perhaps we'll start with, with Quickthorn. Do we know whether he's a soft ground horse or a fast ground horse now or not? Well, he's certainly won on soft ground. He's won on, on pretty fast ground. So, um... <laughs> My concern, I suppose, is that going the extra half mile on soft ground might find us out, but you only find out when you run them, don't you? He was pretty sensational at York. Did he even surprise you that day or not? Yeah, no, I think you you have to be surprised by the way he put them to the sword, I think, proverbially. Um, you know, he, maybe the, all the others had a day off, but he couldn't have been more impressive, really. And did it did it make you think differently about him? Did it make you think differently about what he could achieve, what the ceiling of his ability was? I think I think we we felt we were progressing, but you know nothing had showed us that we'd progressed to that level. So we definitely felt we would shouldn't be shouldn't be put off running against the likes of Kipros and Trushans and Stradivarius. Yeah, he seems well, but we'll find out if he's you know if he's if he doesn't run his race on Saturday, we'll know. That he's probably had enough there. And and Mrs. Fitzherbert in the in the Sun Chariot stakes. I just wondered whether she might be a big price, given that she's had quite a light season compared to one or two of them who've had quite a bit of racing. What do you think? Yes, yeah. I you know she's never the sort of filly you'd run a lot. Uh, she had a couple of blips in the summer. Um, you know, it, she did run in France only twelve days ago, as we speak. So it's. I wouldn't. It, it's not my preference to run her quick, but this is the only race which is left for her this season, and she'll probably retire at the end of the season anyhow. Um, so I think the feeling is let's have a go and see how we get on. I, I think I think a, a group a group one winner would be very happy. We don't want. We certainly don't want to be greedy. And you know, I think if Mrs. Fitzherbert was in the first three, we'd be delighted. And you know, obviously, we want to try and give Kiprios a bit a, a, a challenge he does look very very good at the moment he looks every win he's had this year I've seen he's always won with a bit in hand and you just wonder how much there is there that was trainer Huey Morrison high hopes of a group one double at the weekend uh, though he was being quite realistic David Yates is still with me David other news and uh, heading back to the Sean Levy case that we featured extensively on the podcast last week if you if you weren't with us then, this was the case of the classic winning jockey who recorded a non-negative result in a, 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 a saliva test for, for banned substances. Uh, Sandown Park was stood down. 
from his rides that day. Had to wait eight days for a urine sample to come back negative, and then he was free to ride again, but he'd already missed a ton of racing and a ton of work and potentially a ton of money as well. He's been firm, but very measured in his comments afterwards. Now, the BHA have taken uh, have taken action on these saliva tests. Dave, what's happened? Yeah, well, essentially, uh, they have now been paused as a result of uh, the Sean Levy case. As you say, th this was a... Um, a real high profile embarrassment for uh, a testing program that I think up until uh, the Sean Levy case had met with positive reviews that the, the, the breaches were down and this seemed to be a, um, a an innovation from the BHA that appeared to have, uh, appeared to have worked, but you only need, one failure in a case like this don't you you know it, it's it's almost like well did you enjoy the rest of the play uh mrs lincoln you, you just need one failure like this and of course uh the the whole system really falls into disrepute that the the money potentially that sean levy lost uh the uh, the stain on his character that is going to be very hard to wash out even though it shouldn't have been there in the first place um He's reacted, as you say, in, in a very dignified but very firm uh, way to to how this was dealt with. But yeah, there was a statement from the BHA yesterday, uh, just reading it out to you, that the BHA can confirm that the anti-doping saliva testing programme, which started in May 2021, was paused following a negative laboratory follow-up analysis requested after a point-of-care racecourse non-negative saliva sample donated by Sean Levy at Sandown. A review of the pilot, which has tested more than 1,300 samples, is now underway to determine what can be learned and agreed with the PG, PJA, Professional Jockeys Association, on a combined approach to a robust testing model. We will also be working with Sean Levy to determine how his positive sample came about in order to understand what challenges could be faced and different approaches that could be used when testing in the future. They stress that it was a collaboration with the PJA um, and say that further updates will be communicated in due course. So that's really isn't it it's 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 an admission that the in in light of one very high profile and extremely serious failure uh of the testing procedure then they've had to pause it and almost go back to square one i suggest right dave the draws just come through for the arc as i speak a poor old torquato tasso's out in 18 of 20 but Given the way he finished the race last year, does he not want to let the others get on with it down the inside anyway? Yeah, it's certainly not the draw that they would have chosen 18 for uh, Torquato Tasso. It's worth pointing out that it's it's not uh, always fatal. Golden Horn was 14 under Frankie de Tori in 2015, and uh, that was one of the his career highlights that day. I think Torquato Tasso's got an excellent chance despite uh, what would be a less than ideal draw. I think that Dottori, as you say, will let them get on with things and then try and play um, his hand late. Conditions will be absolutely ideal for this horse. And it's interesting that after Torquato Tasso was beaten by Mendocino in the Grosser Price von Baden. Uh, Dottori was anything but a, um, uh, a a downcast figure. He said that he needed that he needed to get to know this horse better. Uh, he's done that in the interim. He's had plenty of time to do so. I think with the uh, the ban that uh, he got as a result of riding in Germany and. 
that uh, he's 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 confident that they will get things right on the day. We we know statistically he's the winning most jockey in arc history. Um, he's the the the, the jockey that you would certainly want on your side in this race. And I'm sure that he'll be putting together a plan, even as we speak, uh, to overcome that draw in 18. I think Torquato Tasso has got an excellent chance of joining the band of multiple art winners. So install two, Vidani, uh, leading three-year-old fancy for France with uh, Christophe Soumillon, no man more experienced or better around Paris Lanchon. Is stall two a, a, an advantage in a field like this, Christophe, or, or not? Do you want to be as, as, as tight down to the rail as two? Um, nobody really knows. Um, just depends uh, what kind of decisions the other jockeys will take uh, around me. Uh, the thing is sure it's that uh, I'm not gonna be um, too close of the pace because uh, I think the the track uh, is gonna be quite sticky and. Uh, we don't really know if uh, he will handle uh, the ground plus the distance if I'm riding him too hot. So we will see how he jumps out. But uh, it looks that uh, a lot of speed will be uh, on the outside draws. So um, I think, uh, yeah, if we can get covered uh, after a few strides and just wait in the middle of the pack, uh, we're going to have to wait uh, the, the, the straight to see uh, where we go. Um, but now with the open stretch, uh, you can see that sometimes uh, yeah, the jockeys in, in close uh, position are changing their mind quite uh, a few times. So you, you never really know now. So uh, I will ride him for him um, and make sure he is able to to finish his race strong. Uh, that will be the most important thing. It's a it's a funny race, isn't it? I mean, it's a great race. It's an exciting one, huge field. Uh, but when you look at it, I, I can't ever remember a big race where you've really got no idea quite what's going to happen. Yeah, it's true. Uh, that's why uh, for jockey, uh, it's quite important to know the track well, uh, to know the opponents and uh, other jockeys we are riding with. Um, it's going to be like a big handicap uh, race with better horses for sure. But um, it's going to depend also how the truck will be on, on Sunday. Uh, we're waiting a lot of rain on Saturday uh, and Friday night. So uh, hopefully for, for myself, I, I hope the truck will be not too heavy uh, because I'm not sure he really handles it uh, as well as some other horses. But uh, the horse is in great form. Uh, we have a nice draw to make sure he's not going to make up uh, too much uh, too much ground in the race and um, yeah we will see but uh, I'm quite confident uh, to finish in the first five and uh, hopefully with a great and clear run in the straight he will be, be able to do better than that. I mean you, you've been very lucky that you've ridden some brilliant horses in the arc do you think he has a touch of, of real brilliance about him? Yeah what he did in the French Derby uh, was quite amazing uh, he won so easily that day with a, a lucky run uh, because a few horses are quite fine the race uh, uh, that day but uh, he repeated in, uh, in sundown it was a very uh, difficult race uh, with not a lot of pace in the race and strong horses and he did it well so uh, last time in, in in Ireland I'm sure he wasn't uh, 100% fit uh, he's much better now um, the only worry now will be yeah uh, the ground soft and heavy ground plus the distance that's the only uh, interrogation we have uh, but for the rest the horse looks great since uh, his run um, 
So I hope now he will just uh, give us one more great run. Christoph, thanks so much. Thank you. All right, thanks to all my guests today. David Yates uh, is still with me and has a tip for you for today. We're going to Chelmsford for the 8 o'clock race and the top weight number one high velocity. Uh, back to winning form on the all-weather at Suvel last time. That was at the end of August and I hope can follow up 29 days on. Number one high velocity in the 8 o'clock race at Chelmsford City. That was uh, Thursday, September the 29th. Dave, thank you very much. Thank you for listening. I'll be back uh, from New York tomorrow. Uh, I'll see you then. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Nick Luck Daily, brought to you in association with Fitzdares, the Racehorse Owners Association, and Thoroughbred Racing Commentary. Thank you.